Welcome to the Capital City Crew Podcast. Join your hosts Jeff, Owen, Josh, and Herman as they dive deep into the game of Malifaux. Explore sophisticated strategies and creative combinations, but always remember in Malifaux, bad things happen. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special Halloween edition of the Capital City Crew Podcast. In honor of the new Pandora set that's getting released, we went ahead and set up a couple spooky games between her and everybody's favorite ghost, the Jack Daw. So for this, what we're going to do is we're going to talk about how we set up our crews, how we went through uh, two different games with an Outcast Jack Daw and a Rezzer's Jack Daw, but the same scenario, the same map. And then we're going to talk about our strategies, our tactics, things that worked for us, things that didn't work for us, things that might work for you and things that maybe, you know, are a fun idea, but maybe not pay out in the long run. So in this, our setup was actually flank with corrupted ley lines. And then the scheme pool was Vendetta, Breakthrough, Take Prisoner, Runic Binding, and Leave Your Mark. So the first question I'm going to ask to Team Jackoff is, what's your experience against Pandora? What's your experience with Jack? Well, first of all, point of order, Jack is not my favorite ghost. That would be a curio, but... Nerf a curio! I'd love to say a curio is not a master, but let's be honest. She's better. Uh, it's upsetting. <laughs> I, the uh, primary Rezzer player, took on the mantle of Rezzer Jackdaw, um, and I have very little experience with him. I have maybe three games with him, and my third or second game was last week, uh, just completely crushing uh, Jeff's bass crew. Um, but other than that, not that much work experience with Jackdaw. I will have to say, like, I enjoyed watching that bass game because it was <laughs> so so sad. It was the first time I had ever played bass. You all shut up. And you played bass raw. You can kiss my bass. Who break my foot off in your bass? All right, so bringing it back on topic. Uh, so it's Owen here for also Team Jack um, playing the Outcast version. So I've played Jack Daw in this edition only maybe three times, including this game, maybe four, um, but not a lot. Uh, some of them very early on in the open beta or the closed beta so definitely was coming to this a bit new um so that will that will play in later on when we talk about crew selection and kind of how we proceeded with this but uh i know pandora is actually uh, unlike those of us on team jack where jack was not a common play for us pandora i think has seen more play so who wants to go first for team pandora so, I mean, it's going to be Team Jackoff and Team Dora the Explorer. Because one of us is delightful and fun, and the other one is kind of tragic. It's up to you to decide which is which. Um, so I've played a lot of Pandora, mostly during the beta testing for Mark II. And then I played her a little bit in the Nova Open, and that's about the last time. So it's probably been one game in like the last eight months that I've actually used her. But I really like her. I really enjoy her. I like that play style. Then my experience against Jack is significantly less. I've only played against him twice prior to this. 
uh, both times actually with Guild, so I was able to win one game with Dashiell and lose pretty badly one game with Lady J. What about you, my fellow Dora the Explorer teammate? Uh, I've actually played Pandora quite a bit. Um, I did the Third Floor Wars episode of Pandora, and uh, I, I gotta say, I enjoy her, but uh, I haven't actually played her in very much in the last year uh, due to, I think, in relative relativity, she's kind of a little weaker than a lot of the other masters that we have available for, uh, to us in Neverborn. Uh, but for the, the new box coming out, I thought it was perfect to, to get a game in, so uh, I think it worked out well. I was going to say, I had not played against Pandora since the beta as well, and this was a very different experience because the uh, early versions of the beta, you could ignore most of her card except for Fears Given Form. And so this was a delightful change of pace from that, I will say. It was definitely a change of pace from my normal games with her, we'll put it that way. I will say, I think Harwin and I both made this mistake of uh, forgetting some of the abilities that were in her card. Uh, I know that I didn't even remember that she could uh, pass off activation uh, of the enemy uh, at the beginning if they're within six inches. Completely, I forgot the name of the ability. Completely forgot it existed on her card throughout most Mood of the Mood swings. Yep, that's the one. Just completely blank. Didn't remember it was there at all. So we're, we're really... Uh... We're really selling up our experience and how these are legitimate and useful games for people to look into. Yeah, I was going to say the same thing. Oh, <laughs> uh, boy. I mean, you know, hold on. For all you people out there listening right now, just know that between the four of us, we've came in first, second, and third in a, very, a lot of tournaments. Get out there. You go play in those tournaments. By God, you've got a chance. You mean those four-person tournaments? You shut your mouth. All right, so when we come back, we will start discussing the cruise and why we chose what we chose. And now, a word from our sponsors. You don't have any sponsors. Okay, well, that's not good. All right, so leading us off was our first game was between Jeff and Owen, and then the second game was obviously the better one between Herman and Josh. So going into Outcasts, Owen, how did Samurai Jack play for you? <laughs> well, so in Outcasts, uh, Jack Daw brings some interesting tools to the table, got access to some cool versatile models. So when I look at Jack Daw, I think more so than some other Outcast crews, you really want to hew fairly closely to the keyword and then sprinkle in the extra models here and there. Um, so Jack Daw, obviously, he comes with Lady Lygia. You pretty much always want Montressor. He does great utility jobs like uh, preventing the enemy from losing staggered. He can obey other tormented models, which I've made huge use of. Uh, Jakuna Ibume, coming from the Reser faction, always excellent. Um, can gum up your enemy, has lures, has hazard. She kind of does it all. The Hanged, also a staple. The Hanged does a lot of damage. Uh, in this particular pool, I picked the Hang because I thought he could help me with dropping ski markers. He's a trigger that to drop ski markers when he hits an enemy or hits a model. Um, and then a guilty because guilties are, they're cheap. They 
potentially can come back. They're pretty handy. So then I wanted to fill in the rest of my points. Um, so in Outcasts, going into Pandora, all I could really remember from my Pandora games of the past was you don't want to be near anything and the poltergeist is really annoying. So to me, that suggested that Hans was going to be making an appearance. Hans is, is great. He can put out damage at a really big distance. It's good into Vendetta, potentially. Um, and I know it, it tilts Herman. I don't know if it tilts Jeff, but I figured I'd bring him. Um, and then because my recollection was that Pandora gave out lots of conditions, I picked Johanna or Johan uh, for the condition removal at range. So that was my choice of crew. So Jeff, how about you? What were you thinking going into this? Well, I'm going to uh, go ahead and say uh, one of the add-ons to Hans. Um, well, one, one of the problems is if you can get double focus on him, he can reach out and touch you from, I think it's uh, 24 inches away. And if your opponent, like, you don't know what they have. If they have the red joker in their hand, uh, if I remember right, that's like six damage, if I believe. High as, uh, high as five, I think. Yeah, it'd be um, six. So, I mean, that's nothing to sneeze at. That would kill the poltergeist. So, like, I, it does. A threat. I guarantee you it does because <laughs> someone really plans hard on having double focus. Empirically, it does kill the poltergeist. It, amazingly. And, you know, with the whole ruthless thing, uh, it's, it's a pain in the butt. Uh, but moving on to my crew, obviously I had Pandora. Um, I will throw this out there for the listeners. Interesting thing with Pandora is, uh, although she's designed to work with a woe crew, she can work completely independently of a woe crew. Uh, her abilities, she doesn't actually need the people around uh, around her to be woes in order for her to do what she does. But she just does it better with them around, and more of the ping damage exists from it. But um, naturally the poltergeist came along as her little buddy. The next thing I threw in was candy because candy is one of the best tar pit models that, uh, Neverborn has access to, particularly in a woe crew. Um, so she was brought along, uh, looking at the scheme pool and seeing that, uh, the strat was corrupted ley lines. I brought in baby Cade for his, uh, obvious woe synergies, but also his lure, uh, stat seven lure to pull off, uh, things that are, you know, carrying the ball around for you. It's pretty good. My next choice was the Hooded Rider. Uh, it has Ruthless, and Jack Daw brings a lot of terrifying, and it basically just hits really hard. The Hooded Rider also synergizes with Pandora because uh, with his uh, bonus action, he can make the area around himself hazardous in a six-inch aura, and then Pandora can uh, get the one damage and move you at the same time when she when her, uh, oh, whatever that ability is called, goes off. Mystery. Misery, thank you. I, I don't pay attention to these abilities. I just know that they work. Words. Um, so I routed this off, and I uh, threw in a Groot Sling so that he could accomplish Runic Binding. And people are probably wondering right now, how does the Groot Sling accomplish Runic Binding? And the answer to that question is he doesn't. He does not accomplish Runic Binding, because I confused the scheme's Runic Binding and... Uh, uh, research mission. Uh, so I, for some strange reason, read Runic Binding and thought Research Mission, and I was like, man, I better put the Groot Slang in there for that. Uh, aside from that, he didn't do horribly. Uh, he contested the middle for a good long time, but uh, 
yeah, uh, Groot's leg didn't work out too well for me. It's a wasted eight points, uh, but I also brought two sorrows to round out the points because they're quick, uh, and they ended up being my ball carriers in this uh, game. So uh, that was my crew. You can check our previous episode for a detailed analysis of how awesome and incredible Runic Binding is. <laughs> yes, Runic. I I was very disappointed. There was a chance that I could have gotten Runic Binding a point from at this game. Uh, but it just didn't work out. Uh, there were some grouping that was happening, uh, and it could have happened, but it didn't. All right, so that leaves us over to Josh and his Jack Nicholson crew. Give us a truth we can handle. I like to think of this more as a skeleton Jack crew, but that also works. So the big thing that I felt Rezzer Jack Daw brought to the table that Outcast Jack Daw lacked on is the killer instinct upgrade. This just seems essential when going into the Pandora crew. It gives you Ruthless. You can pay two soul stones to get Ruthless on any model in your crew, which the amount of terrifying and manipulative and willpower shenanigans that the opponent can throw around, uh, it's just such a good upgrade for the cost. And it also comes with loot their corpses to get corpse to convert corpse markers into soul stones. So it is a extremely useful upgrade that I put on uh, Jack Daw. Well, in addition to Jack, get a totem, obviously, Montresor, obviously. I also went with Jakuna. Uh, I play a lot of Cry. I really do like Jakuna as a model. Uh, I had a little bit of apprehension with her because the survivability of Jakuna sort of is proportionate to how much your opponent can reliably get plus flips. And uh, I know uh, Pandora has some ability to take off conditions to give herself plus flips, which could potentially make Jakuna an easier target, but I went with her anyway. Opportunist. Uh, thank you. Uh, I also went with a hang. And then I went for my uh, Rezzer-specific tech picks. Um, and they are probably my two most go-to models in the Rezzer faction. That would be a nurse for condition removal and healing, and good old Manos the Risen. Other models that uh, I know Herman loves. And part of the uh, desire to take Manos the Risen is knowing how much Herman likes to take Serena Bowman. Serena Bowman, with her Demise Eternal, makes her very hard to take off the board, uh, and, dis and Disguise makes her difficult to target. Manos has Leap, Manos has Lantern of Souls, uh, gets around two of those big defensive features pretty handily. So I brought him, in addition, uh, as, as uh, Owen mentioned, what you, you don't always need a uh, specific um, jackdaw crew, a specific tormented crew to make jackdaw work. What you need is to hand out staggered. And as it turns out, Manos has a trigger on his spirit barrage to hand out AoE staggered, which is something that the jackdaw crew surprisingly lacks. So I figured he would be a wonderful addition to this group. So as our audience can already tell, they should be sympathizing with me right now. No, they that was, shouldn't. That's what I had to go up against. So obviously I was coming in, I was playing Kung Fu Pandora. And much like Jeff was mentioning, when it comes to keyword, the woes, it does not matter. It's like celebrity opinions. You can just ignore it. So what I did is I instead decided to focus on solutions to my schemes, my strategies, and my opponent being a jerk. So in that case, I took Pandora Poltergeist. And I actually took eight soul stones because I figured I was going to need large cash in order to help me with my survivability here. 
And I added in Hooded Rider, Carver, Candy, a Changeling, and Serena Bowman. Which, unfortunately, like my opponent said, he's very fond of taking Serena. So for me, the focus really was on Ruthless. I wanted models that could ignore a lot of the terrifying that the Hanged and Jack bring. And uh, Matrasaur as well. And in Neverborn, there's not a lot of options. You have two. You have Hooded Rider and Carver. 100% of my options went into my list. From there, I really like Candy because she automatically hands out Stunned. Uh, she can teleport around. She can heal models. It's very useful to me. And Jackdaw has a lot of triggers, a lot of things that he really relies on in order to be most as effective as possible. The Changeling is a very specific pick because it can copy off uh, Pandora's ability to add a suit to other models and push them. So you get the three-inch push, you get that free suit, which I'm going to touch on in a moment here. Uh, he was also there to help me with my strategy running because he is manipulative, disguised, and stealth. It's He's squishy if you can get to him, but it takes a bit of work to get to him. Then finally, Serena. Serena does a couple things for me. One, she's got the condition removal for that staggered. She has the healing, which is incredibly nice. It's the number one in Neverborn is why you take her. She ignores incorporeal, important on Jack, important on Jakuna, uh, possibly Lady Lagia. I can't remember if she has incorporeal or not. But she also has a trigger on her gun called, I believe, Hole in the World, which teleports a model six inches. Jack Taw is a bubbler. He wants you to be in this death bubble, and you do not want to be in this death bubble. It's an awful bubble to be in. So you have that high tome. You take um, Montresor, you take Jakuna, you're flipping them six inches away. You put them on some other side of terrain. You deny some line of sight. They're out of way, out of mind for at least a turn. It leaves you free to do what you need to do. Now, the model I wanted to circle back to real quick and talk about was Carver. And I am, I am just, I am not a fan of Carver. I, He's not a model that works great for me, but he ends up in a lot of my lists specifically because of this ruthless ability. The other thing that really came into play when I was designing my list into Jackdaw is I was expecting Montresor. Montresor is a righteous pain to remove from the table. He has terrifying, he has heart to wound, he has demise eternal. So it is, and he has, I think, like 10 wounds. So it's really hard to bring this dude down. And I think Carver is actually kind of the man for the job. Terrifying, not a problem. He's got the Ruthless. Um, then you start working on the things like the Heart to Wound. So you go into his Shears. It's a 2-2-4 damage track. That's annoying. That sucks. But you're going to be doing weak damage anyway, so we're going to look at that too. Well, he's got a built-in ram for crit strike, so up to three. The Changeling can give him a ram, so you're up to four. Never came up. <laughs> it did not ever come up. He just died like a bitch. That's why I hate he him so much. Did. <laughs> no offense, um, but he totally did. Yeah, I guess I should have gone with Hey Redden for that then. Because he does do, uh, I think, min 5. But also he has access to Breath of Fire. You're able to put down this burning one. When you start putting burning on Jack, burning on a lot of these models, you start pinging him a little bit. And that ping damage is kind of a killer for him if he doesn't deal with that quickly. Uh, finally, because we have the scheme of Leave Your Mark, you have the Up in Flames trigger where you can remove all those scheme markers nearby. And so it's a way of kind of countering that scheme. So, again, he's not my favorite model, but specifically because of Ruthless, he does make it into a lot of lists. Did anybody else have anything they wanted to add on their list selection? No. All right. Well, we will go ahead and with a Nerf Leviticus, be back to talk about our strategy and scheme plan. All right, continuing in, we're going to start looking at our plans on our list building for the strategies and the schemes. 
So I'll go ahead and lead off with uh, p going into ley lines. Pandora in and of herself doesn't have a lot of ridiculously fast models in order to run, you know, just around. So what I tend to do is I take the poltergeist and the changeling as sort of a tag team. Uh, you, the poltergeist himself is incorporeal. You can then have it shuffle off to the changeling and then run into the center. And like I said, the changeling, he's got good defenses for someone who sits in the back. And having someone who sits in the back to run your ley lines is pretty nice. I mean, that's it's a, what he does. It also does tend to force me to keep the poltergeist back earlier on. Uh, I have a tendency to run him up there and get killed. You know, screw you, Owen and Hans. The other thing that I really like about Pandora, specifically into Harness Slave Lines, is you have Misery. And rather than doing that extra pink damage, you can use that to just push models off the flag over and over again anytime they get a um, condition. And that came up a lot in this game and was really a good part of it. So, but speaking of Hans and how awful he is, Owen, what was your plan? So I'll be honest, my game plan for the strategy at least was just kind of hope for the best and try to kill stuff at range. Um, I knew going I, into I, I like the plan, hope for the best. Yeah, like, well, no, but really, the, like, Pandora is a master who, at least in my recollection, and I think it played out this way too, like, you don't want to be near any of her stuff. So, like, crossing the board to her is a really bad plan. So I knew that I wanted to leverage the fact that I had some ranged capabilities. Um, but what that means is that for the strategy, I'm not going to be getting... I might be missing one. I might be going for three. Um, so it's going to be definitely leverage the incorporeal nature of Jack and Jakuna to try to be able to grab some of those points. Um, but as, a, as we'll see when we get to the section where the game played out, like I only got three of the, uh, the corrupted ley line markers during the game. Um, and one of those was in the last turn. So it's, it was definitely a tough matchup for me on the strategy aspect of this. But how, do, how was it from your perspective, Jeff? Uh, real quick, like, how often are you actually getting four, though? I mean, getting three points off of Leyline seems pretty good. Um, I, I feel like usually when I'm playing with other, like for ley lines, I'm going to go with a, ma uh, a master like Terra or like the Vix. Like the Ronin can really get up there. Um, Terra herself can get up there. Like there's a lot of ways that you can move quickly up the board. Um, Herm Herman's thinking about this from a never point, Neverborn uh, point of view. It's hard, with the exception of having Widow Weaver and uh, the um, Bandersnatch do web jumping shenanigans. It's hard for the Neverborn to cross and get to things that quickly. We don't have leapers. We don't have people that just randomly place places. We don't have people that can just pop up in the backfield. That doesn't exist. So, uh, I, I mean, I understand why Herman's like, well, it's, getting four is good. For Neverborn, getting four is great. Or getting three is great. Uh, getting four is really difficult. But uh, for a lot of other factions, like especially people with uh, uh, like Zip, well, uh, Zip can't really do that, but uh, Terra, people like that, th those things are a lot easier. Well, I'm going to say, you know, you just mentioned that Neverborn doesn't have anyone that places randomly. Tell us about your strategy with your Groot Sling, which has Larkers that it places too. 
So me going into this, uh, my plan for the strat was uh, it, I was going to use Sorrows to jump to each other where they could move quickly and then toss the ball to them. And when time push came to shove, I was going to toss the ball to the Hooded Rider when I needed him to uh, later on when he becomes more of a tank and get him uh, right up into the uh, the last uh, pieces that I needed. Um, you know, the, the good thing about the hooded rider is, um, his ride with me as a push and then he can move 14 inches by himself. So he can easily get across the board to wherever he needs to be to accomplish this. Uh, the downside of the hooded rider is it's not good for him to accomplish it on turns one, two, even three, when he doesn't have all that many tokens and it's kind of difficult for him to get the stuff done. Um, you'll see in the game that that whole plan went to hell really quick. Uh, but that's my thoughts. Uh, I also brought in, uh, baby Cade for the sole purpose, as I mentioned earlier of, uh, I apologize. I have a phone ringing in the background for the sole purpose of luring, uh, his ball carrier, uh, off of the, um, the spots, uh, if it ever came up to it. But, um, I'm assuming that that's also why Jakuna was brought for the other teams. So I will say, so even though Jeff's plan with the hooded rider didn't play out, as he anticipated it. I thought Jeff did an excellent job of executing the strategy using the sorrows and, and using the interacts to pass it to models. So he had one play where he had baby Cade lure a sorrow who was carrying the lodestone. Uh, he lured that sorrow up and then the sorrow tossed it to baby Cade who was standing next to one of the markers. So he, I think on like turn one had models in base with four of the strategy markers. And then it was just a matter of tossing it around the board. So I, I was, I was very impressed at Jeff's play there. Um, so good job. Yeah, it was, uh, I got Cade in a position by turn two where he could either score the, the marker for himself or he could uh, move forward and kind of lure. If you went from the middle, he could lure off. And in the second turn, uh, you didn't go after one of the you. Uh, your guilty was kind of hanging in the background. But we can talk about more of that more of that in the game uh, when we get to the game section itself. Yeah, I think it's kind of interesting that you took the sorrows because I've previously liked them um, because they can bounce around like that for things like plant explosives. But I had kind of avoided them in this because you don't get the place specifically for the ley line marker, it prevents that. So it was interesting to me that you were working around that with the interact actions from other models. Yeah, I uh, and I think Owen will talk about this. I actually like Sorrows a lot um, because Neverborn in general are kind of a squishier type faction. Things like Sorrows and Sidious Madnesses, people don't realize just how tanky they ca- they can be. Uh, between the Sorrows Incorporeal, it's got a defense of five. Um, it's it, it, Jack's crew targets all movement, and they're not slow. They're uh, move five as well. They're very their stats are very middling, and they have Incorporeal, so you know all of that stuff helps. Uh, I knew Jakuna was going to be in the mix because we're playing against Jack Daw, so bringing uh, things that are Incorporeal helps me get around that particular hurdle as well and just the uh the ping damage that they cause from their um uh what is their life stealing aura um i forgot the name of it but does life, one leech. Da- life leech there you go um the, like the those things are just great and if you hit the sorrow once and you do three damage to it it turns to two uh, even you know a beat a normal beater three damage turns to two damage you hit him again you do three damage it turns to two damage 
you end your turn, another model activates, he heals back up, and like you don't have that many beaters that you can throw at my five soulstone uh, sorrow. So it's I, I like them a lot. And Josh, you've been nefariously quiet. What was your plan to crush me? Uh, see, I will say this is probably my biggest weakness in this mission. Jack Daw is not who I would pick for Corrupted Ley Lines. His crew can be fast, but it's a weird kind of fast. He's a lover, not a fighter. I disagree on both accounts, but sure. Uh, My dead pile disagrees with you. <laughs> uh, he's fast, but not it fast that is particularly useful for Corrupted Ley Lines. He has a lot of really neat place effects, which are just not viable for your Lodestone Carrier. Uh, so I was hoping to try to leverage the uh, out-of-activation movement, either Jackdaw's bonus action, uh, Montresor's uh, Tormented Obey, or Jakuna being able to lure models to try to get stuff in position and pass some of the Lodestones off to my faster models. Say, so, uh, you can have a model close to Pandora, close to Candy, uh, and they're not engaged because neither Pandora nor Candy have melee reach. So you could be next to them and still take interact actions and pass the lodestone off to another model that can go run it off distance. I'm going to interject here because one of the things that you just said that kind of jogged my memory for this, I had not realized this uh, until playing, like, I'm sure I've read it on its card before, and it just, I play a lot of Obey Masters, and it never clicked on me. Montresor is one of the only models in the game that can obey a model to do something twice in a row. Uh, so, like, that's amazing. Uh, just, like, as an example, Jakuna herself, uh, because she's incorporeal, no matter what the map looks like, can move 20 inches in a turn with that ball without anything else, like... The, uh, Montresor is a very, very good piece for that for this strat. Uh, oh, uh, as as Herbert discovered, that can be done twice to pull a exposed model out of position at a very inopportune time. Yeah, and it's interesting because I'm actually very sad and shocked and disappointed in you for speaking down on Jackdaw into this strategy because I really disagree. I mean, I think you have to solve the problem of getting your stone everywhere. But we all have to do that, and you can do that with kind of an out-of-keyword hire. But then you have a crew that loves to camp, and Ley Lines almost always devolves into camping in the middle. And then you hand out Staggered like Handy, which just completely jacks up your opponent's, nah, pun intended, uh, ability to uh, run their strategy. Yeah, denial is one thing. Actually, scoring your points is another. I play Guild. I went on denial. I, I will say... Uh, hilariously, I didn't end up giving staggered to things more like I think I gave it to two models like one time. So it probably makes me a bad Jackdaw player. Well, but... fun fact about Jackdaw: not great at handing out staggered. I want I want to trade opponents. I I got staggered like crazy. You had two models that were perpetually staggered, and everyone else didn't suffer that much. But we'll get into that later. All right, so cycling back now from strategy and into scheme selection, uh, speaking for myself, looking at these, I was just like, Vendetta, no, that's gone, that's out. There's, it's going to be difficult to hurt his guys, difficult. And honestly, I don't want to leave him alive. So chuck that right out the mark. Runic Binding, I did not mistake that for anything else. I did the proper thing, Jeff, sorry, and I threw that out the window. So that left me down with Breakthrough, Take Prisoner, and Leave Your Mark. 
Generally speaking, I do like Leave Your Mark. However, because Jack is this bubble crew that I'm afraid of, Pandora is too, but Jack, I feel like, is better at it. I was just like, I, I kind of want to avoid having to score from something in the middle because I feel like that's where he's going to be. So I threw that one away too, and then I went back to Take Prisoner and Breakthrough. Uh, Breakthrough to me synergized very well because it's part of avoiding Jack, is running away from him. So I thought that would be kind of useful because it's something I want to do anyway. And then Take Prisoner, because Pandora has all these little mini pushes, I feel like it's a little bit easier for her to isolate individual models, just you know, nudge them along with misery. Uh, Owen, what about you? So for me, I was looking at this um, and I knew I was going to bubble because Jack's good at that. And I knew that I probably wanted to hang back and shoot at Pandora because I don't want to get close. So for me, that that took Take Prisoner out of the running. Although in retrospect, having played this, I think Take Prisoner on Candy might have been interesting because she ended up next to all my guys for a lot of the game anyway. Um, I opted for Vendetta because I think Outcasts in general are good at it and Hans is excellent at it because he's going to be doing damage from range. So I took Vendetta against the Hooded Rider because I know the Hooded Rider is something that I want to kill as fast as possible anyway. Um, and Hans has the tools to do that from a distance where he is unlikely to get engaged or, or hurt. Um, and then for my second strat, uh, scheme, I went with Leave Your Mark because that is closer to me. I knew I could probably move up turn three or four and start scoring that after I blunted the initial attack. Um, so those are really the ones I focused on. Runic Binding could have potentially been in play um, with the Hanged. Um, I, I thought the Hanged would be able to do more of the of the Leave Your Mark points. It, it didn't end up working out for me, um, but that was the plan going in. So it's funny. I actually thought about Runic Binding for Pandora uh, just to trigger my opponent because you can take an Iggy and he can interact, walk, interact with uh, Reckless, and then you got to just drop one more. Jack does like to come to the middle. So really, Josh should have suffered that inglorious defeat of being runically bound. I would have left. I mean, it would be fitting. It's like you runic bind the ghost, right? Like, it's it's very on flavor. It would be very uh, Halloween. I am a fluff bunny. That is how I play my games. We should have made runic binding a requirement as one of the... Instead of having a, a set strat, we should have made uh, the scheme runic binding. And then it triggered strat. you so hard you thought it was something else. Yeah, no, I, I, don't, I don't think that's a really good mark in its favor. But you just blanked it from existence. What's a, uh, a runic binding? But speaking of plans that got blanked from existence, Jeff, what was your uh, scheme selection strategy? So with my schemes, uh, as I mentioned... I screwed up, and I decided that uh, Runic Binding was research mission, uh, so I decided that I needed to take the Groot Sling along to help accomplish this. <laughs> That's Don't mess up, mix up your schemes. Uh, I promise. Uh, well, I was going to say I promise I'm not bad at this game, but that's not necessarily true. Um, I, I, for friendly games, I don't prepare like I do for tournaments, so with this, I pretty much look at the, look at the scheme pool ahead of time. I was like, eh, let, let's just do this, and I just mixed up the two schemes. Uh, it happens sometimes. Uh, 
Vendetta. Uh, I, I chose Baby Cade because, honestly, he's a lower-cost model, and he can punch well above his weight class. Um, so uh, he can go to toe-to-toe with the best of the eight or nine Soulstone models, and nobody expects that knife to be pulled out and do uh, you know that much damage. So uh, he can also lure something away uh, and you know carve it to pieces. So I uh, chose uh, Vendetta and Research Mission were the two that I went for. Um, in hindsight, uh, afterwards, I probably would have dropped research mission uh, for something like Leave Your Mark. I controlled the middle of the board for most of the game. Uh, the one time that I uh, dropped a... I, I actually set up a research mission. Um, I had that in play, and I actually accomplished that on turn two uh, gloriously. And then I realized that it didn't matter. Uh, but one of the ski markers I put down, uh, Owen actually contested because he thought I was going to uh, do leave your mark and he kind of put Jakuna forward and a little out of the way to drop that ski marker so uh, it, that cost Jakuna on turn three uh, she died pretty quickly after that but aside from that um, know, know the schemes going into it and uh, figuring out which ones you're going to take is a good idea um, I don't know that I would have done take prisoner because um, Jack's crew is very good at uh, they want to be next to you and hurt you but they are very good at hurting you so getting something next to it uh, is there's no guarantee it's going to be there at the end of the turn. And then on top of that, with all of the obeys that he has uh, and their ability to hit other things and jump to them, including a guilty that can be considered uh, an enemy, if he gets any kind of a whiff of it, uh, like as, as an example, if you put it on a hanged and he can smell that you've done that, uh, he can have Montresaurus the last turn or, uh, or Jakuna. Jakuna can lure it away. Montresor can tell it, go ahead and uh, attack backwards and jump to something else, jump to my guilty or whatever it is. Um, it's it, it, it not a very good scheme to take against Jack, in my opinion. And see, I was thinking that you don't really want to pick on the guilty uh, because you don't get a lot out of it. So that w- they would actually be a very good take prisoner target. But at the same time, Jakuna can just lure the guilty away. or uh, She can do that to anybody. <laughs> Well, that's true, but I mean, in general, things with lures, uh, if they just save them for the last activation, uh, they can just pull away. I'm not a big fan of Take Prisoner in general, so. Fair enough, but we are big fans of Josh. So, Josh, tell us your scheme strategies. Oh, fitting with the theme, Vendetta was was high on the list. There were a lot of targets. It was a target-rich environment. Uh, I opted for... I opted for Serena in, in this particular case because she's annoying, the only real source of healing in the crew. Um, and with Manos, uh, she is theoretically much more easy to take out than she otherwise would be. For my second one, that was that was a much more difficult choice. Uh, as a lot of them didn't really fit with the crew super well. Uh, breakthrough would be kind of tricky because it's a lot of getting a Getting your crew into the backfield, not necessarily near the markers that you want to be picking, or want to be uh, standing next to at the end of the turn. Um, take prisoner is always a dodgy one, particularly because there are so many models in that crew I just didn't want to leave alive. Um, and Pandora has some like, out of turn uh, ability to to reposition models uh, via misery, which could make it tricky to be in the exact right place at the exact right time. So I opted for Leave Your Mark. Uh, again, reasoning that neither Pandora nor uh, Candy have engagement ranges, so it's easier to take interact actions near them. Um, 
and I can use the uh, trigger on the hang that lets you drop a speed marker when you hit something with the drawn out secrets trigger. Um, and notable thing about the drawn out secrets trigger, it's not enemies only, so you can in a pinch just target your own guys with low tomes and drop speed markers by inflicting damage to yourself. And someone like Montresor is a pretty good target for that because, oh no, you kill Montresor, he discards a card, and he's not dead. So that was the plan to go leave your mark and vendetta on Serena. Uh, one thing that did, we've kind of talked around a little bit is Pandora and Candy do not have engagement ranges, so they will not be scoring Take Prisoner with those two guys. And just you jogged my memory on that when you're talking about them not being able to stop you from dropping your disgusting ski markers wherever you wanted. Yeah, this is one of my, my secret hopes is when they, uh, whenever Weird decides that they're going to do their alternate master thing, the, whatever they're planning on doing with that, that they give Pandora, uh, I know Candy won't get it, but they give Pandora uh, an engagement range because models, with uh, particularly masters, if you have a master that doesn't have an engagement range, it's not a good thing. I mean, they worked it on Nelly, but yeah, I see your point. They worked it on Nelly. They worked it on Von Stuck. Wait, Von Stuck doesn't have an engagement range? I mean, granted, I've never seen him be close to anything. That's how they worked it. His uh, only attack also does not have a gun, so he can still use it while engaged. He just has no engagement range. Uh, that fact has come up in, in games I've played before. Uh, that you can just walk up to him uh, and take interact actions without any problem. I honestly, I wish the uh, Pandora's, the reason why it works with those crews is because their support uh, abilities work really well and synergize with the crews. And Pandora's support ability is kind of, I help you guys do more damage. Um, but even then, it's not all that great. And then she has to spend her entire turn uh, giving multiple, like if she wants Carver or Candy or Cade to be min damage four, she's going to spend two of her AP to do that, and uh, not necessarily Herman. I'll talk about that in a, in a little bit, but I mean, in general, she's not. Th- she's good at being in the thick of things because that's what she's meant to do. But then they gave her a ranged attack that, uh, you know, if it had really good triggers on it and things like that, that would work. But slow is good the other trigger is just complete random garbage and i don't know why it's there fluff so on that note uh we will be back and talk about our fluff based halloween game breakdowns hey everybody i'd like to give a shout out to our patreons you don't have any of those either well shit all right so we're going to start talking about our breakdowns of our games between herman and josh and jeff and owen uh, what we're going to do is we're going to divide this into three sections. We're going to talk about kind of the opening moves. Then we're just going to go into the key moments, the highlights. And then finally, we're going to talk about the end game. How did you kind of do your turn five? Oh, shit, I got to go score things really quickly. And finally, did your plan work? Did it not work? So to kick off, my opening was absolutely brutal. Absolutely brutal. I had a terrible, Not terrible in a good hand. way. No, not for me. Way. It was not brutal for me at all. I, the highest card I had in my hand was a six, and it did not get better from there. Um, the lowest card I had was a black joker, so you know, there's some give and take. But Carver just immediately he nudged forward, kind of you know he focused because my plan was to not go to the center, and apparently Josh's plan was that I am walking to the center whether I want to or not. 
So Chikuna just walked up and lured him twice and is just like, hey, Carver, <laughs> you're right in there. Fantastic. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's not fantastic at all. All I wanted to do is have that stupid pumpkin shoot fire at you. No, it was so great. Uh, that was leveraging uh, Montresor's ability to obey tormented models for a very cheap cost to have Chikuna move up. She had to get through Terrifying, which I had the cards for. Unlike Herman's hand, my hand was pretty good. And I was able to... That's a dog that. barking in sympathy for me. Oh, that is my no. dread hound. He is no, very I, dread. I do have to add... I mean, I understand that your hand was good and you didn't know your opponent's hand, opponent's hand but did Carver go before you started luring him? He walked five inches forward, yeah. Oh, okay, got it. I was going to say, like, I don't know that luring the Carver in the middle of my crew is such a great idea, but if he had already gone, that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Carver had so, already activated, so I wasn't scared about retaliation, and I had two models with uh, Killer Instinct, so I could get some hits in on him. And one of those models was Jack. So yeah, I mean, just the fact that you ha- because so much of Pandora is based around um, terrifying and manipulative, and you're just able to slap down. I think uh, Ten Thunders has it too. Just ruthless on a stick. Just boom, done. It is a spectacular feature. Um, that is not the word I was using. Mm. I, I do want to point out one thing here uh, with between the Pandora and Jack crew. Pandora has this neat little thing she can do uh, where if she re- manages to run her opponent out of cards through, you know, the terrifying checks and, uh, you know, them just trying to do car uh, things. She's got two models in her crew that she can give uh, crows to uh, Cade and Carver that can both execute. And, you know, it's a, it's a viable tactic that you can use with Pandora. Unfortunately, Jack does it way better than Pandora does. Well, not to mention he has way more card draw. Yeah, no, no one got executed. Our game was very friendly. No one got executed. No one got executed. All, they got uh, Carver got wrecked the old-fashioned way by min four Jack Daw. Um, but that comes <laughs> later. Uh, yes, I was able to get the Carver up in the crew. He did take... I believe he took out uh, Lady... Uh, Ligia first turn because yes. I am just garbage with her and I can never figure out how to use her properly. And um, I don't like discarding cards to cheat. So. Yeah, so you know, that was very tactically sound on your part and very tactically unsound on mine. But I got Carver up there. I put some heavy damage into you and forced you to commit uh, probably a lot more towards the center than you really wanted. Yeah, because I mean my goal was to basically Carver hooded Pandora. I, I didn't mind Pandora and Candy going into the center because my plan was to try to play a little lockdown game, which ended up as the game went on, uh, it didn't go great for me, but like half of my lockdown game got going and then have Carver and hooded kind of keep around the outside. But I mean, even like my low cards kept candy from walk, walk teleport with her bonus. I'm like, Oh yay, Candy's just walking in the old fashioned way. I had to use a despair's influence. I had despair's influence was great. Cause I just had cards to toss. So lots of pushing. So I don't see what you're complaining about with your hand. Uh, so what was Josh's opening? I was a lot more cagey about my positioning. I moved Jakuna up to get in range to lure Carver, but everyone else sort of stayed on the outskirts. Um, he was able to get uh, line on with Lydia to take her out. Um, but once I got Carver up near my crew, I just ran Jack into him. Uh, first opening with uh, his range attack to put the the curse upgrade on him, uh, followed by just going in and putting some some heavy hits into him. 
Um, since I was able to do that, ignoring is terrifying because of my ruthless. Um, so I got the carver down more than half, I believe. Uh, yeah, that sounds about right. And got uh, most of his, the rest of his crew moving up towards the center. On Owen and Jeff's game, Jeff, tell us about your brilliant opening gambit, Chessmaster. So uh, I will point out that uh, Owen is a big, dirty cheater. Um, before this game started, uh, he chose the map that we were going to be on. Uh, now, I can't give him all the credit for being a big, dirty cheater. I did choose my side. And I chose the side that looked the most tactically uh, advantageous uh, to my crew, where you know it would force him around a couple bottlenecks uh, in order to come in anywhere close to contest the middle. Unfortunately, I didn't notice the massive hill that was in his deployment zone. And so when he deployed Hans, Hans was effectively height six and just had complete view vantage point over the entire battlefield. So I had to uh, hide my guys behind a bunch of buildings and things like that, uh, which is really hard when you have a height four Groot slang. Um, but they were, they were hiding behind buildings. Uh, the poltergeist, uh, basically double walked behind another building. And my first turn was a whole lot of walking and focusing to keep Hans, uh, kind of out of the action for a little bit. Uh, Hans still got to go ahead and, uh, take a shot on the, the first turn. And I think he took a couple of wounds off of the Groot sling in the middle, uh, if I remember right. But, um, my big thing was by the start of turn two. Uh, I noticed that uh, there was an opening that Owen was heading towards with uh, a small clump. It had Lady Legia, which I know is the central point for all of Jack's crew uh, to get the the card discards. Uh, and Montresor, uh, Jakuna, and then up in that corner, that's where Hans was. So I went ahead and did a gamble, and I got uh, initiative on first turn. And I ran the Hooded Rider over to plug that hole uh, he charged into um, one of the models that was over there. I don't remember who it was. It was Lady Legia. You charged her. Oh, yeah. I charged into Lady Legia. Uh, oh, and uh, Johan was over there, too. So it was a big clump of uh, enemies. And I charged the Hooded Rider into it. Uh, I fully expected him to die, uh, pro- most likely this turn, particularly because I used all of his uh, his tokens but i expected you know with the cards that I, I had some pretty good cards in my hand i expected him to last a little bit longer than he did uh and i put up his hazardous aura so i was hoping that with that massive grouping of people there he could do a whole bunch of damage to them really quickly i was kind of crossing my fingers and hoping i'd take legia out and then the rest of them would hurt themselves a little bit before the hooded rider fell is kind of a tactical advantage and it had achieved what i wanted to uh, it did bottleneck him, and they didn't really move out of that spot for the rest of the game. Uh, but Owen will probably tell you what happened immediately after that. Yeah, so so as you recall, I took Vendetta on the Hooded Rider. So on top of two, Jeff ran the Hooded Rider into the middle of my entire crew as his first action. I was like, this is fantastic. Because he also used... Uh, all of his tokens to do his bonus action. So he had no defensive tokens. Uh, He also... I was able to cheat a king to make him miss against Lady Legia. So he charged in, did no damage. Um, Then I was like, sweet. I'm gonna gonna start with Johan, and she's going to put some damage on him, and then Hans is gonna go drop 
uh, drop them below half, score my vendetta point, and then I'll have just any of my other models around there finish them off. So what happens? First attack, Johan goes, I take a damage from the Hazard Aura, Red Joker the damage. Seven damage to the Hooded Rider, no defenses, drops him to two. So this is both good and bad. Uh, this is good because, you know, damage on the Hooded Rider, uh, but it's bad because everyone is mid and two, and he is out of ways to protect himself, which means... It is very low odds that Hans will actually be able to score Vendetta. So at this point, I made I think I just, I just uh, want to point out when, like when I started this turn, one of the things I had the Red Joker in my hand on this turn, and I was like, it, "It's okay. This first hit, he can take a, a hit from Johan. I can Red Joker the next one, and he's going to miss." Well, it turns out the one that I was like, "It's okay. I can take a hit from this one." Uh, turned out to be the red joker hit and almost all of his life was gone. So if he's sitting there at two wounds, I'm not then going to force a red joker to cause people to miss afterwards. So uh, that was, uh, you know, it, I knew he was going to die. I mean, I just have a huge amount of sympathy right now for Owen. It is really a, uh, a burden to bear to do too much damage to score. <laughs> um, well, but so, but, but the part that was a mistake on my part is that I was like, all right, well, Maybe I'll just not do any more attacks with Johan. Now, granted, he would have been taking damage from Hazard. So I was like, all right, let's have him not take too much damage. So I just passed his second AP. Oh, the, the and, first thing that you did, and this is this was the great thing. He forgot that he had focused on Johan with the first attack. And then so he did the, the, it was just a, you know, a normal attack that he got the Red Joker on. Uh, it was actually on a quadruple negative, I think, is what, what Johan It was. Did. Quadruple so, negative, yeah. Yeah. So... Uh, because he just he kind of even like just we just tied each other up. and so it was a double negative and then the yeah it was uh, but the uh, the focus was still on Johan and then he was like uh, oh I don't he telegraphed what he had he was like oh I, I'm not I'm just gonna focus again and, and uh, I was like all right you're gonna take a point of damage he's like you know what never mind I'm just gonna end my turn and that is a viable tactic if you're staying in a hazardous aura and you don't have anything else to do end your turn yeah. So I then, so the mistake though was that I was like, all right, maybe I can have Hans shoot him and maybe he'll flip a mask and stop one so I can score the point. So Hans proceeds to miss both of his shots. So I don't even kill the hooded rider. Uh, He just whiffs. Um, so I waste all of Han's activation. And then I have to use Montressor. The day is mine, Trebek. <laughs> exactly. I have to use Montressor to finish him off uh, at the end. Uh, but, you know, that, that at least I knew I had one guaranteed point in the bag for the end game because no one was ever going to get over to him. Um, so I guess getting stepping back to the start of the game, um, for the most part, I just kind of, like, moved up. I... I had Jackdaw, really, honestly, Jackdaw in general just kind of whiffed most of his attacks. Like he, uh, let's see, turn one, yeah, he he walked and then whiffed against the Grootslang. Turn two, he walked, uh, failed to hit Candy. Uh, turn three, he went 
and just he scored a point by like going to uh, do a, a corrupted ley line, but like he didn't do a whole lot, which was kind of comical because he's supposed to do tons of damage. Um, but the, I think the key other piece for turn one for me was Hans on turn one was able to shoot Pandora and give her slow, which really, which drastically reduced her effectiveness turn two um, by having one less AP. So she she had to walk and then she only had one uh, one attack and she failed to open the box. So like. I really avoided a lot of the bad stuff on turns one and two. Um, so yeah, so do we want to go to key moments? Uh, I mean, I yeah, it sounds we, like so far for everything's going according to Jeff's plan in your game. Yeah. So. <laughs> oh, uh, so my plan. Yeah. So let's go into yeah. the key moments for uh, Jeff and Owen here. So I guess for me, key moments. Um, was really about like there was a moment in turn three where Jakuna was in the center. I had gone up, dropped a ski marker to block leave your mark, which I thought Jeff had um, on turn two. And instead of doing the play, which would have been correct to move Jakuna into my own crew to protect them with the hazard aura, I just left her there and had her make some ineffectual attacks of the Groot Slime, which then allowed Pandora to walk into my crew, and I, I thought I was toast. I was like, oh, God, she's going to open the box. She's going to, like, make everyone explode with all of their, um, all of the shockwave auras. But what actually happened is she walked up, she did all that stuff, and all of my models flipped like absolute bosses and just passed all of their duels. So she ended up doing like, I don't know, like three total damage from her activation on turn three, which really swung the momentum in my favor because like then she was just hanging out. Um, she ended up killing my guilty. Uh, and then I ended up killing her to bring the guilty back. Uh, to kind of add insult to injury. Um, so that kind of shifted the whole momentum uh, in my favor uh, starting in the mid game. And I, yeah, it was, I think it was the end of turn, like closer to the end of turn three. Uh, Jack was on one wound. Uh, Johan was on two wounds. The guilty was on one wound. Uh, and the hanged was stuck in the uh, poltergeist's aura where he was failing willpower duels left and right. And he was, every one of them was like slowed. And I was like, man, everything here is just about to fall and die. And then when that, I guess it was the start of turn three. Uh, or the start of turn four, we, we went into it and I was expecting like, Hey, this, I cheated and I went first with Pandora and nothing went right. Like it was just, it was bad. And I, I, I don't know how, where those flips came from. I don't know how I think I black jokered the box opening uh, on that turn. And like, it, it was just, it was a bad turn. Uh, the, the good thing that came out of it was my Groot Slang uh, had focused in the middle and he just charged in and uh, beat the, the heck out of Jakuna. And so she died in the middle. But uh, uh, in the end, if I would have been uh, taking Jack out when he was on that one wound would have because uh, he's the one that scored the last two 
uh, points uh, for Owen, and that would have swung the game in my favor. Unfortunately, that all went downhill, and it uh, it didn't work out. Sounds like a brutal game overall. It was very close. So it ended up, um, let's see, what was the final? Final score was 5-4. So I, I scored my one Vendetta point. I scored one Leave Your Mark point. Um, I was able to use Jakuna to clear his one uh, scheme marker that was for research mission um, to get my Leave Your Mark point. And then I got three strat points, whereas Jeff just got one vendetta point so like and, it, it was very three, close uh, strap points right but yes yes sorry three three strap points one vendetta point for for four um so it was extremely close uh my fourth strap point i had a sorrow that was in place uh and unfortunately uh he did a smart move uh on turn four and moved uh um montresor in the way and i couldn't uh get to the point where baby Cade could see the sorrow to pass it to him. Uh, and so I wasn't able to score that, that uh, fourth point for the strat. So overall pretty close. Yeah, it was a very close game. It, it all, honestly, it all came down to like how some of those simple duels panned out um, in the three turn three, turn four timeframe. So I think Jeff played well. Um, I mean, Hell, he he totally flubbed one of his schemes and still almost won. So, I mean, I think kudos to Jeff for that. Um, so how about y'all's game? Well, I do, I do want to point out, if you guys are ever on the fence, Hans, this entire game, I usually kept a high card in my hand just in case he was a constant threat throughout this whole game because at any point in time, if uh, Owen wanted to, he could have, and he had the cards in his hand, he could have focused and shot something and taken, you know, off uh, five wounds or five wounds and made it slow. Or, you know, uh, it, he is a constant threat throughout the whole game. So just Hans is a very good character. Uh, if you're playing against him, try to tie him up as, as quickly as you can. So in our game, uh, I felt I was doing pretty well uh, by the end of turn two. Um, what I had underestimated, and this was sort of the key recurring feature throughout the course of this game, is that Herman had an ally on his side, and that would be my Black Joker. I've always said it's better to be lucky than good. <laughs> no fewer than three times over the course of this game, that Black Joker came up on a crucial damage flip. The first one was one that prevented me from killing the Carver, which... Made me, made me spend an extra AP killing it, so I couldn't take out the Hooded Rider. The Hooded Rider then went on to use his his ultimate ability and just land massive five damage hits all over my crew. Um, yeah, that was in second, turn three. Yeah, and the second and probably most important part of this was when Manos was le- a stunned Manos left in to take out Serena. I land the hit on a two-wound Serena, well, she's in my aura of preventing her from using her demise, and I black joker the damage. And that was probably the single point that swung the game most dramatically, because that denied me my second vendetta point. Uh, that denied me the ability to have the resources to go after his take prisoner target and to muck around in the middle field. And that was probably the single most important point of the, the entire game. After that, Herman got his, his denial engine going really hard, 
and I'll let him describe the mess that he created in the middle of the board. A mess is a pretty darn good answer for it because, I mean, I played denial for both of us, really. Um, so, you know, going into turn two, I now have Carver in the middle of his crew. I'm freaking out. So my whole plan of not going to the middle is now shot to shit. So we got Pandora going up the middle, Candy going up the middle, Carver's already in the middle, and then Hooded is in the middle also now. So fantastic, yay. Um, I delayed too long activating Carver, so that cost me pretty dearly because I was just trying to power him up a little bit with the Changeling. So he died basically the activation before I was ready to activate him, which is fairly unfortunate for me, but what can you do, Carver? You suck. Go in peace. Instead, we had Pandora and Candy now in the middle. The Denial engine got going in the weirdest way ever. Like, this happens with Pandora, like, maybe one in every ten games. Grasping tentacles is the key. It was so clutch. It was so it good. screwed up everything for Jackdaw. Now he's stunned. He's not teleporting anywhere, and now he's slow, and he's not walking anywhere. He got slow off of um, the box opens. I'm sorry, he got slow off of the uh, self-loathing. Apologies the delay trigger. So Montresor got it as well. So that was all going to have, they couldn't go anywhere. They couldn't do anything. Conversely, Pandora's not doing anything either. So Hooded goes in, he goes crazy. He puts five damage on Montresor. He beats Daw for something. He takes Manos down to four wounds. Pandora goes, she's like, okay, Manos, I got you. And she misses the next three attacks on him. And I'm like, thank you cards. I appreciate you so much. And I still can't cheat because my hands are still crap. So ultimately, what kills Manos? The Charging Poltergeist. And one hit. It was not a charge attack because you had this. I'm sorry, the walking attack attack Poltergeist. Got him in one go. Stat four. Don't know how, don't know why. Apparently that happened. So I did, I had one high card. I had a 12 of Tomes. And that was really important to me because who comes into the middle? Jakuna. And who do we not want into the middle? Jakuna. So that was where Serena was actually able to focus, pop in that high tome, and place Jakuna actually on the other side of a wall. Her aura, she can't see anybody. No one's worrying about that uh, hazardous terrain anymore. Now, Jakuna came back around through the wall and attacked Serena. That was her vendetta target. So that was a little bit unfortunate there. But, you know, that's still that Jakuna's hazardous aura never actually played a role in our game, which is really nice. So Manus goes down eventually. The Hanged goes down eventually. Uh, Hanged actually goes down to Hooded Rider. Manus goes down to the Poltergeist. So he's down to, what, Daw, Montresor. They are just sitting there in this swarm of tentacles while the poor little Changeling is running off in the corner. So I end up actually scoring three off the ley line, kind of making a little triangle. The Changeling gets off and he gets breakthrough, point one, turn five. It takes him that long. And then... Of all people, the poltergeist, with the help of Candy, Pandora, and Misery, is actually able to push the nurse, just kind of inch the nurse along with Misery and keep her engaged twice to score Take Prisoner. So that game actually ended up being a hot mess, but I backdoored a 6-4 victory somehow. It was, it was I don't want to attribute it entirely to Black Joker because Herbans had some excellent denial play on turns 4 and 5, which completely shut me down. Very well done on his part. Um, but man, that Black Ocher just screwed me hard. Yeah, it's interesting because there's something that I preach a lot that I never practice, which is try to make things just a little bit harder for your opponent. And that's where Mood Swings actually came into play on turn 5 because you now have Jakuna and Serena. They're trying. Serena's trying to survive. Jakuna's trying to keep her from surviving. 
Um, and then Jack Daw is actually trying to come back around. He has Manos' reliquary, so he can stop Serena from demising. So he goes to activate Jack Daw. I actually mood swings down to make the nurse go. That allows me another activation in order to get Serena to do a disengage. She attempts to heal herself twice. Again, I fail the second heal because I can't flip a four and I don't have a four in hand. Um, but she's actually able to back up into concealment. And she backs up away from poor Jack Daw, who is, of course, speed three because of these tentacles. <laughs> so he's having a hard time getting there. Jakuna now either has to... She can't charge because of Disguised. She is going to be on a negative for concealment, and now I'm far enough away from Demise. And it just made everything a little bit harder for him that you needed like those perfect cards, and then the Black Choker comes into the mix with that. Pretty much. But it was a good game. Ended up 4-6. I got two Ley Lines because I, uh, Pandora using Misery to deny me the ability to claim the Ley Line on turn 2. She did that like three times too. It was amazing. Yeah, yeah no, it was really good. Really good. Top notch. Um, I got like one vendetta and I got one for uh, leave your mark. Where my plan to use the the hanged to drop a scheme marker worked out excellently. I managed to get past uh, Pandora's terrifying and top deck the necessary tome to get the trigger off to score that point. So four six felt pretty good considering how poorly. Turns four and five went for me. I didn't resist a damn attack all game. That was the friendliest game you have ever played. So I'll also say it's nice that we ended up with a, a good spread, you know, like one one for Team Jack versus Team Panda. I mean, I disagree, but <laughs> I understand. I understand where that sentiment is coming from. So, any wrap up thoughts on Cruise? So I, I wanted to do something uh, about, I think we should nominate an MVP for your own crew and for your opponent's crew and why you, a model, and why you thought that model was the MVP. Ooh, I like that. I like that. Do you want to go first, Jeff? Sure. Um, so for my MVP, I have it split, uh, and I can't decide between the two, uh, between Sorrow and Candy, because they both did the same exact thing. Probably more more leaning on candy, but uh, just their ability to tarp it and get things uh, stuck in. They stood around for a long time. And uh, both the models I really like. Uh, for my opponent's crew, I'd say uh, in this situation, and even though he only did, I think, two damage throughout the entire game, uh, Hans being there and uh, being a constant threat was uh, always in the back of my mind and probably played more games with me psychologically than anything else. So I'm going to give Hans the MVP on uh, Owen's crew. Interesting. Owen, what would nice things would you say about Jeff? So I, I would give the MVP to Candy. I felt like Candy was constantly in a spot that made it really tough for me to activate so her she has the four inch aura of if you activate within four before she activates you have to discard a card and you get stunned uh for it's it felt like the whole game i think it was only two turns but like jackdaw the hanged the guilty like i had so many models that were in that aura so she she was constantly causing trouble gumming up my plans. Like I thought she was a really strong piece um, and definitely the one that, that caused the most trouble. Um, for my own crew, 
I think I would actually nominate Montresor. Um, I so I did not remember that Montresor could obey your own guys, and I I thought going into the game, I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. That might be situationally useful. He spent the entire game obeying people. Like I think I think he did that for like 80% of his actions was making other people move around and it was extremely useful. Like it was some clutch moves to push uh, Jakuna places. I think he obeyed Lady Lygia to do an attack that finally finished off Candy on like a triple negative flip. Um, like, yeah, I will say I thought... Uh... You, I thought you had missed uh, the strat point on turn uh, was the end of turn three or four. I don't remember which one it was until Mondrasor yep. uh, double obeyed Jakuna to go get it for you. I was like, ah, last turn of the the, the match, and she wasn't close enough, and now she is. So. Yep. Yeah. So he was awesome. Um, Herman, how about you? MVPs. Uh, I gotta say, it's hard because. My opponent got so much work out of so all of his damn models. He's such a jerk. Um, in the I way, try. <laughs> it's going to be Jackdaw. You I mean, are he the came most in. sore winner I have ever seen. <laughs> the salt. The salt. <laughs> yeah, that's why I play Neverborn. We salt the earth. Um, How, wait, and, but no. You grow plants. You grow plants. Your models are plants. We'll wait for the Titania game. But they don't get their nutrients from the soil. They get it from eating people agriculture um i'm gonna go with jack for the mvp he i mean he came in my opponent made a really really smart play where turn three or turn four i won the initiative finally i was really excited i went first but that also means candy is not activating last anymore jack daw ended up activating last he was able to circumvent her stunned aura and go in and kill her right off the bat he killed carver he was working pretty hard on um the rider so Jackdaw was just legitimately everywhere in this game doing all the work. A lot of credit to him, a lot of credit to my opponent for that play. And that was a, a miss on mood swings for me. I, I want to point out here, um, and you have four uh, decent players. Uh, so like some of us are, are very good players. Some of us are, you know, we're just, we've been to a lot of tournaments and things like that. And this is one of those things where um, it, depending on how you play, a crew can play completely differently. Like, Owen used his crew more than Jack. I think Jack only did a total of maybe, like, four damage throughout the game. He didn't. He was more of a, a piece, and he did a lot of scheme running uh, towards the end of the game for Owen, where the opposite side of that, Josh's uh, Jack was going around and killing everything in sight. So, like, two different approaches to the exact same model, and they are both effective. Sort of. <laughs> Um, and then my MVP is actually kind of a surprise one. You wouldn't think, but it's going to be the Poltergeist. He ended up scoring me three victory points. Uh, he got Take Prisoner twice on his own. He got one of the ley lines at the beginning of the game. He got... Wow. Yeah, I know, right? He got an... He usually dies so fast. <laughs> That's because he didn't have Hans. If Hans... Oh. Sorry, I'm, I need I need my corner right now. I need my corner. Um, no, I mean, he scored great. He lived to the end of the game, which is really unusual also. But that distraction aura came up over and over and over again, especially when it came time to deny my opponent. Uh, Jackdaw came into the middle. He wanted to score with a lodestone. I had the distraction aura. Stun, push. 
uh, I wanted to get that nurse alone, distraction aura, stun push. And I need to get her even more alone because, you know, she's pretty hot. And Hello, Hello, nurse. And so he kept stunning her and kept pushing her, just like, you know, you would on a normal date. Uh, Josh, what about you? We're all stunned right now that you just said that. Okay, then you can you can edit that out then. Uh, second, I concur with uh, Herbin that my MVP is definitely Jack. Jack succeeded at so much heavy lifting in this. I feel he performed like above and beyond what even you would reasonably expect from Master, both scoring victory points and just completely crushing dudes. I mean, you, you get the staggered engine going on Jack, and he just annihilates stuff in his path, which is delightful for me. Just straight up delightful. Um, for Herman's MVP, even though the Poltergeist scored more points, I'm going to have to give it to the Hooded Rider. For that single use uh, of the massive AoE attack nuke from uh, its bonus action, uh, that is the reason that everything that died ducked. That's the reason that Manos died, taking off a, a five damage chunk from him. That's the reason that the Hang died, uh, again, taking four off of that three, I think, after Soul Sounding. Without those two models, it would have been a very different game, and, and nothing else that Herbin did would have put the damage into it uh, that the Rider did in that single action. Yeah, one other thing with the Rider is that also placed him out of Montresor's staggered bubble, so yeah. I was able to get rid of my staggered. He still got straight nuked after that, but it, it enabled uh, the model so he needed to die to die, and without that, I do not think it would have happened. I don't think it would have uh, the Poltergeist would have definitely not been able to take out Manos in one hit, like, literally impossible. Uh, and then it probably would have just gone very differently from there. So I'm going to give it to the Hooded Rider for its single just Alpha Strike AoE nuketacular plus flips to damage extravaganza. That right there is my favorite bonus action name. I mean, the, the only reason they call it whatever they call it is because it wouldn't fit on the card. <laughs> it was, uh, just check, I mean, I don't want to say anything from the beta, but, but no, I felt really good about Jack. I think I want to play him some more. He was a lot of fun. Uh, Pandora is, when you let her do her thing, just absolutely terrifying. The key to playing against Pandora, just don't let her do her thing, whatever, at, at all costs. Do not let her do her thing. And what is her thing, Josh? Oh, standing next to you? Existing? Don't let her exist. Good plan. Let's move forward with that. So what do we have on the schedule for next time? Oh, I think we should continue with this spooktacular extravaganza. And we can do a deep dive into who I am certain is everyone's favorite master, uh, Karai. You mean Ikirio? No, he's saying he's going to make us Karai. Yeah, you mean the the crew that probably contains most of my top five most hated models in Alpha? We'll get to that. I mean, with <laughs> Jakuna, and then you get to get her twice in a row. Oh, but that's true. Jakuna's in both crews. Something to look forward to. It's kind of like a Halloween follow-up. We call it All Souls Day. All right. Well, uh, thank you all for listening, and uh, we will see you guys next time. Come on back. Thank you for joining us for this episode of the Capital City Crew Podcast. We hope you tune in next time.